0: Welcome to the Big Side Podcast. My name is Helen Boblitz and welcome back to the 6th Sunday of Easter for the week of May 17th, 2020 and I'm excited to have you here. I'm excited to take in this week's podcast and I'm excited that we are on the 6th Sunday of Easter. I think this is a point where... We often focus so much on those first couple Sundays of Easter, and I think it's just really fun to be in this spot where we are really absorbing and trying to understand further what is the revelation of Christ and what does that actually mean in our lives. I think it's a really interesting time within the church to really go through, dive into that and and think about that because I don't think we spend enough time honestly considering and thinking about what that actually means in our lives. With having Christ going through this and becoming who he becomes and showing us who the Father is by being with us, I think that's such a marvelous revelation that we don't often dwell upon. And with having some Sundays here where we're actually able to really dig into that and think about that, I think that's something that we don't consider enough. And I think it's one of those moments within our own faith life that if we actually consider what this means for us, it's life-changing. It's a huge game-changer. So, I'm excited that we are here on the 6th Sunday of Easter, but I think we need to look back to last week's Twitter question to really be able to get this going. So last week's Twitter question was, what are things in your life that help you understand the vastness of God? And this was something that we have gotten a few responses back to, but it circles around very similar types of things. It's going out and putting yourself in a place somewhere in this world that helps you understand how small and inadequate we really are. And I think that's one of the things that is really interesting is when we contemplate and get out into these spaces where we're alone, and understand how really small we are in the speck of the universe is quite interesting to think about. I mean, especially when you are here on earth and we're literally talking light years away, that the light has been traveling for years to be able to get so that you're able to see it. It helps us understand really how small we are, but yet to have this God that sees us as precious and extremely valuable is amazing to us. When you really think about it, how we are the small cells, the amino acids within our body, the DNA within our cells on that similar type of scale, but yet we're extremely valuable to God is impressive and monumental. And I think it's one of these moments where we then can start to absorb how vast, how big God is. And yet, the relationship that he wants with us is so precious and so important to him. And I think that leads really well into this week's text. So let's start with the gospel text is out of John chapter 14 verses 15 through 21. And this is again coming from the farewell discourse of Jesus. And he starts with saying, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. And that we get told that we will be sending an advocate on our behalf and that with that, advocate will abide with us and so that we aren't going to be left behind, but that we will have someone to help guide us to be closer with the Father and that as we develop that relationship, we will start to understand better the Father's love for us. And I think this is also extremely interesting, even just in the opening sentence there, that it's through our love for someone that we keep the commandments. Like when you make vows at a wedding, it's because of the love that you have for them that you are doing these different things. And this love that we have that Christ has for us is so much more than what we can understand. And as we start to understand it, then we want to be closer and be more committed to that. And I think it's a beautiful image to have here. And we'll dig a little bit more into that. The first reading is from Acts chapter 17, verses 22 through 31. And this is Paul going out and talking to... Athens talking to the Ephesians on as he has wandered around, he notices that they have this God for the unknown God. And this is giving Paul the empowerment to be able to talk about the unknown God is God and talking about how he is in and above and has made everything that we are going through. That this is God that is understands our inmost parts, God who has created this, and that through this, this is what empowers him to go out and share this message, and that they can accept this within their own lives too. And through the acknowledgement and repenting and coming to God and understanding that this is the God, and that the process of Christ taking on death For our sake is what empowers Paul here to know that our God is who he says he is and is then using that image to help them understand that this relationship is more valuable than gold or silver and kind of gets into more of a preachy moment by Paul. But I think it's a great reminder for us to understand how valuable we are in Christ. The psalm this week is Psalm 66, verses 8 through 20. This, again, is that process of God does hear us. And as we go through this life and go through hardships that God is not abandoning us. Actually, one of the verses that stands out to me this week, especially from the science standpoint, is, "...for you, O God, have tested us. You have tried us as silver is tried." And as I've looked into this last week, and I'll attach some links down below, the process for silver to be able to be considered pure silver is this process of breaking down whatever is there and extracting the silver through precipitates and different things like this. So the form that it initially takes is essentially almost dissolved purely away And then as these precipitates are added, it purifies that silver. So we can get to a point where the impurities are right at the top and they can just knock it off. And then what's left behind is the pure silver. And I think it actually ties really well into what is talked about through the rest of this. Is that as we go through things that are difficult and hard and are very heart-wrenching, things that we question that God is still there and God is still with us in these times. And it's those times that we have to trust God and be willing and able to just be with God and just say that he is going through this process of purifying us. This is a time of him working on purifying us and making us better people. But it's a question in that we have to be willing and able to listen and willing and able to work with God and continue to listen and what is going on with God on a day-to-day basis in prayer. The second reading is from 1 Peter chapter 3 verses 13 through 22. And again, this is Peter going through and explaining that it's through what Christ has done and through that relationship that we have had through Christ that empowers us to be able to go out and share the message. And it's that we have been baptized into this family. We have been acknowledging that the resurrection and what that meant has changed us. And that a baptism isn't just purely just wiping away the dirt. There's a much more physical transformation within inside of us that as we are going through things that are difficult, we are understanding that Christ is still along there with us and is taking on the battle along with us and is using these types of things to shape us and mold us into the people that he's wanting us to be. So before I get into how this ties to faith and science, I have to do my shameless plug for Working Preacher. If you haven't checked out Working Preacher I'd highly recommend it between their Sermon Brainwaves podcast, their commentaries, their discussions. Since I'm not an ordained minister, I really enjoy checking out the Sermon Brainways podcast, having four seminary professors teaching me and talking about these texts and helping me think about and consider different ways of being able to look at these texts. But if that's not your speed, there's multiple different commentaries from multiple different years. Looking at these from multiple different scholars, along with different discussions that go on on the website, I just think it's a great resource. So if you haven't checked out workingpreacher.org, I'd highly recommend it. When looking at how faith and science come together with these gospel texts, we talked a little bit initially when we're going through the readings how silver being tried is relatable a little bit to our own lives and how God works with us to help us precipitate out the impurities within ourselves. But I really want to focus in more on the gospel text this week and the word advocate, because it's a word that we throw around and we can get it in various different translations as helper, companion, something along those lines. But I think When we know what this advocate is, being the Holy Spirit, I think there is a way that we can put it into a scientific term that I think helps us in a few ways better understand the Holy Spirit in and of itself, but I think better understand even this word advocate in this case. And to me, that's understanding the reality of a catalyst. So within chemistry, and again, that's not my strong suit, you have reactants and products. And to be able to get your reactants or your chemicals to make the product, there typically then in this case, you're going through something of where the amount of energy over the scheme of it is lower at the products than the reactants. But to get there there is an activation energy and I'll have links attached down below and you can see different charts that show it, but that there's this essentially a hill that you have to climb that to get these things right. And that when that happens, boom, it happens and comes together, but it's that getting enough energy to make it happen. So thinking about this is an example of miniature golf. You have a hole that's really straight, but there's a hill in the middle of it. And the difficult thing is, is if you hit your golf ball too lightly, it doesn't go up and over the hill and it rolls back to you. But if you hit it too hard, it goes up and over the hill and it bounces off the far wall and making it difficult to go straight into the hole that you want to have it where it's gets up to the top point, and then that's about at the tipping point to make the golf ball go down the hill and have a chance at going in the hole. A catalyst is something that comes in and reduces the amount of energy it takes to fulfill the reaction, so thus making it typically faster for the reaction to happen, and that might happen through intermediate steps and different things of that nature. Another example of that would be yeast. Yeast in bread making is the catalyst of eating the sugars that you're putting into the dough and the product that it's making is the CO2, which is helping the bread to rise. So you get that reaction. It's been done over years, but really where it's first described and they were noticing something going on is in 1812 when a Russian chemist, Getabog Kirov, was looking at starches, trying to convert them to sugars and was noticing when he was boiling his water, it still wasn't happening. But when he was adding in a strong acid to that the simple sugars then happened when it was boiling and that the acid's still there. That's one of the big things with a catalyst is that it's not absorbed into the reaction. The acid was still there in the water, but it caused the change within the process of what had happened. And the reason that I think about this and really like this idea of a catalyst for understanding the Holy Spirit is by us accepting in the Holy Spirit. It makes it easier for us to better understand God and better develop this relationship with God. It's this process of because the Holy Spirit is within us and because we can Reference the Holy Spirit, it makes it easier for us to make that connection with God. To me, sounding eerily like a catalyst. And I think that's where, when we are looking at what we are going through this week, it's that relationship of Jesus sending us someone to make it easier for us to be able to communicate with the Father. You had God above in the Old Testament, who then sends Jesus to better communicate with us. And then when Jesus ascends into heaven, the Holy Spirit comes. So it makes it easier for us yet again to communicate with the Father and better understand who he is. So that we can love him and obey him by the processes that we've understand him better. I think that's exactly what we're getting at here. The Holy Spirit is a catalyst for us to better understand our God and who he is in us. And the Holy Spirit is part of God, so we can't just fully remove it. But it's this process of being able and being part of us and accepting that in that helps us better get to know who God is in us. When researching this, to be perfectly honest this week, it's really hard for me to fully grasp and understand what a catalyst is because there's so many different places that it's happening. Your body is filled with enzymes and enzymes are, again, different ways of helping your body convert different food into energy a.k.a. enzymes, being catalysts to make your body work. You're filled with these catalysts within you just to make your body function on a day-to-day basis. And I just really hope, for me, that that's what the Holy Spirit is to me. That I'm using it enough that it becomes just part of this typical everyday process That makes it easier for me to understand, easier for me to reference, easier for me to comprehend who God is. It makes the activation energy, makes the process of calling upon God easier because I know it's with me. I know that it's in me and part of who I am. It doesn't get much more direct than that. Maybe that's why it's so hard for us to explain the Holy Spirit. Because like in many different examples, catalysts are overlooked in the process. It's something that typically can, in a lot of industrial uses, be used over and over and over again. And it just kind of sits there and just helps make the situation so that these reactions can happen quicker or help set the table, if you want to put it that way, making it easier for these deals to happen that happen to be reactions. And maybe that's what makes it so difficult to fully define the Holy Spirit is just because it's always there, because it's always part of the process. Is it possible for us to know God without the Holy Spirit? I think it is, just like it's possible for us to make bread without yeast. But I would also argue in the same breath, why would we go through the process of making it so much more difficult? Why would we make it this process that's so difficult without just using the resources that are there by sprinkling in the yeast and feeding it and giving it a chance to help you make the bread rise quicker? The Holy Spirit is there for us to help guide our steps, help us to get to this point of better understanding who God is, better being able to communicate directly with him, giving us the boldness to be able to speak like Paul did to the Athenians, giving us the boldness to go through and understand that as we are going through the struggles of life, that when we feel like we can't go on any further, it's the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit working within us saying, no, you can keep going. And I'm here with you. I will carry you if I need to. That's the good word that comes through in First Peter. And I think that's the thing to us, especially if you've been walking this Christian walk for a long time. I think that's what makes defining the Holy Spirit so difficult, is it's just there. It's just within us, working on trying to move us toward this spot, trying to help us build this relationship with God and molding us into the people that God is calling us to be. With it always being there, it starts to feel like a Linus's blanket, or something of a safety net that we have. But it's also us understanding in that same process that we're not orphaned in that. That's what's so important about it. The Holy Spirit helps puts us into these conditions. Makes it easier for us to communicate with God. A catalyst and a scientific experiment is not technically needed. The product is still there. It hasn't changed. It's there to help set the table of the reaction, but the important part that it does is it typically helps get the situation more prepared so that it's easier for it to happen, or faster, or something along those lines. To me, as we go through that, that is what the Holy Spirit is. And part of why I'm just elaborating on this so much is I don't think we give the Holy Spirit enough credit. And part of it is because we can't explain it well. We can explain to an extent what we can understand God to be. And we can explain to an extent what we understand Jesus Christ to be. And it's amazing how we get to the word Holy Spirit and we just struggle an advocate, it's a person, it's a thing within us that helps move us to guide us, I'm arguing more and more, it's a catalyst. It's a catalyst to help us better understand our God. It's God in three phases. It's a part of God that helps us get to this place of being able to communicate with God more directly and easier making that energy that to be able to get to that spot easier. And through that, we are then better to, able to understand who God is so that we can love him in a way that it's not a chore to keep the commandments, that we just do it because of the love that we have for God. It emboldens us to be like Paul and preach and saying you are recognizing God here and what he's wanting is him to be the ultimate God. And let me explain why we have the Psalm understanding that as we go through difficult things, that the Holy Spirit is there with us saying, don't give up. Don't fear. I am there. I am with you. And first Peter explains a very similar way that as we are going through the trials of life, That it's the Holy Spirit that is there guiding us through this. As we are in the weird world in which we are in currently, I have been reminded by people that we have to be calm because that's what we're told to do. That God has told us to do not fear. And I don't know about you, but there's still plenty of things that get me scared about what's going on. There's a lot of things that get me concerned for various different reasons, and this isn't the time or place to get into those. This is the time and the place, though, for me to realize that in order for me to do that, I need to work with the Holy Spirit. I need to acknowledge the Holy Spirit and let the Holy Spirit work in me, to give me the boldness to speak out, the boldness to to connect with God and say that I'm worried, to say that I'm concerned. The person to be there to begin that comfort and say that God wants to be here, just invite him in. We all need those reminders. We all need those things to help us get to those places. And that's what the Holy Spirit is here to do. As we start to wrap up this week, and I try thinking about what the Twitter question should be. I think the Twitter question is, is how do you understand the Holy Spirit? Because if you had asked me this question even a week ago, I think I would have stumbled a lot on this. But I think for me, there's this idea of being able to understand the Holy Spirit as this advocate, as this friend who is just there. This catalyst that helps me connect with God, gives me comfort, gives me a way to better understand even though I have difficulty understanding completely in an easy way to define a catalyst. The concept is easy, but finding exactly what it is is hard because we use them every day. We see them around. They're just involved in what we're doing, from the simple things of yeast and bread making to the complex catalytic converters in our vehicles. And I think the Holy Spirit in a lot of ways and to a lot of people is very similar. So as we are getting closer to wrapping up this Easter season, I think it's a really good time to really reflect upon and to think about the Holy Spirit. We see God working in God the Father, we see God working in Christ, His Son, and I don't think we spend enough time really acknowledging Christ as the Holy Spirit. The one that's hard for us to understand, but I think the one who when push comes to shove is always there and always helps us get to the position of being able to talk directly with God so much easier. So we'll wrap this up as we always do. I pray God blesses you through your faith and amazes you through science.